article published in March of 2021 that I found on studyfinds.org. It discussed a recent study that found that less than one out of every 10 people, in fact, 8% of people claim that they feel well-rested after sleeping. And in that study of 2,000 people, 61% of them could not remember the last time that they felt well-rested. How about you? Do you remember the last time you felt well-rested? There's like one hand went up. <laughs> like was, and and what, would you, what would you give up in order to have that feeling, that feeling of being well-rested? What would you be willing to, to part with in your life so that you could have actual true rest? Do you know, want to know what the people in the study said? 42% of them would give up their favorite food. 35% would give up their morning routine. 32% their personal belongings. 27% of them would give up their paycheck. And 21% of people would give up their car to feel well-rested. People crave rest. And for good reason, because rest, it helps us to focus. It's good for our mental health. It provides concentration. It even increases our productivity. All good things. But rest isn't just about sleep. According to physician Sandra Dalton-Smith, she's the author of a book that's called Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, and Restore Your Sanity. And she says that humans need physical, mental, social, creative, emotional, spiritual, and sensory rest. Which of those do you need most? There's a, there's a wiki how page on how to get those kinds of rest. And believe me, if, if you wanted to, you could Google and you could find all kinds of blogs and articles and books and tips and tricks and methods for how to get more rest in your life. And so you really, you don't need to listen to me this morning. You don't even need to be here. Unless there is some secret to rest that I can tell you about. And I hope by the end of today and the end of this worship series, you will discover that there is a secret to getting true rest. And I'm going to tell you about it, but it comes from God and his word. Because of all the different kinds of rest that you can get in your life, the one that you need the most is the rest of God. To get real, true fully satisfying rest, that kind of rest, real rest, is the gift of God. And so over the next several weeks, as we talk about rest, we're going to talk about practical things. We're going to talk about sleep. We're going to, we're going to talk about how you work, how you look at work, how you view it. 
when, why, where, how you take breaks away from that work, what activities are actually restful, how you manage your time, all those different things. We're going to talk practical things, but the most practical thing that you can do, the most important thing is for you to discover the rest of God. In order to do that, you need to change your mind. Now, that's a, that's a really biblical thing. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote. This is in your worship folder from Romans chapter 12. He wrote this to some really hardworking, life-loving people in the city of Rome, which was the cultural epicenter of that time. And he said to them, he said, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing, that's a rest word, renewing of your mind. See, as you build your life, you have a choice to make. You can choose to follow the plan, the, the blueprints, uh, the schematics, the, the rationale, the logic of this world. And how this world tells you to, to live a fully satisfying and pleasing life. You can conform or you can be transformed. You can be transformed by God and His work. His own work on your heart and your mind. And so throughout this series on rest, I'm going to ask you to stop. Stop living life the way you're living it. Stop thinking about things the way you think about them. Stop living without rest and to do something differently. Today I ask you to stop and to think anew. To allow your mind to be transformed by God. And when you stop and you think differently about rest and differently about your God, this is what the Apostle Paul says will happen. He says, as you're being transformed by God, you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's desire for your life is good for you. God's desire for your life, it is pleasing to you. God's desire for your life, it is whole and complete and full and restful. God's will is that you know rest. And so that's why another biblical author in the book of Hebrews, and this also you have in your worship folder, he said this in chapter 4. He said, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Familiar with that word Sabbath? Heard that before? Sometimes we use it, we talk about people taking a sabbatical, time to work on something else, time to renew themselves. 
I attended seminary school in a town called Mequon. It's just a little north of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And on Saturday afternoons, when, when me and my fellow classmates, my friends, when, when we didn't have anything to do, right? We, we didn't have to study. We didn't have to work that Saturday. So we had a free, open Saturday. We're going to go out and see a movie. We're going to go play frisbee golf because we think we're cool like that or whatever it was that we're going to go out, we're going to do something on a Saturday. What other 20-somethings do when they have an open Saturday to burn and kill? We would drive down the main road in Mequon and we would see all these very well-dressed people. Well-dressed men, women, and children and they would be walking on the sidewalks of that main road. They were going to church sort of. They were going to the synagogue. Mequon has a very high population of Jewish people. And they were observing the Sabbath. And so they were walking to the synagogue to worship God because in the Old Testament, God had told his people he had set a specific cycle of work and rest. Six days of work, and on the seventh day, Saturday, you rest. He set very specific time frames. So from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday, that was the Sabbath. It was set aside. It was a time that was protected. Protected to enjoy good food. Protected to enjoy family time and protected to enjoy time with God and His Word. And throughout history, some Jewish people, they have taken this Sabbath very seriously. In fact, in the centuries before Jesus lived, At a time period called the the Maccabean Revolt, there were several Jews who were slaughtered by the Romans because they refused even to defend themselves on the Sabbath. The Romans themselves, they wouldn't enlist Jewish people into their armies because they knew that they would refuse to go on the offensive if the attack was happening on Sabbath. And you may also know that over the centuries, the, the rules, the, the additions that got added on to protect this day, they became more elaborate, more outlandish. You can read about them in these Jewish writings that are known as the Mishnah, these rabbis who commented on the Old Testament scriptures. And they laid out just exactly what was proper on this Sabbath day, this day of rest. So that you would know that you couldn't sow or plow or reap or harvest. You couldn't shear a sheep. And you couldn't take the wool from that sheep and you couldn't weave it or spin it or dye it or bleach it. You couldn't untie a knot. You couldn't take just two threads and weave them together or take them apart 
You couldn't sew just two stitches or write just two letters. You couldn't light a fire or extinguish a fire. And you couldn't carry something from one place to another unless it was inside your own home. But with all these rules, the Sabbath day became this meticulous game of trying to figure out all the answers. What can I do? What can't I do? What is prohibited? What is allowed? How many steps exactly can I walk on the Sabbath day? What's right? What's wrong? This manic game of answering all these questions. And when you have all those questions that you're trying to figure out and you're trying to answer, then that doesn't become restful. It becomes stressful. It it brings anxiety or it brings pride and selfishness. But see, God established the Sabbath because he had a much bigger purpose in mind for this Sabbath. This Sabbath which was commanded, it wasn't optional, right? We know that commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. But God also went on further as he had Moses explain more about this Sabbath and he said, you must observe my Sabbath." This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. The Sabbath was to be a sign between God and his people. It was to remind them of the real rest that God offers The rest of knowing that it is God who makes you holy. That holiness that God declares of his people, that is the rest of God. Which is why we aren't compelled to worship on Saturday today. In another place, the Apostle Paul wrote about the Sabbath. This is in Colossians chapter 2. And he wrote about the Sabbath and he said, It's a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. A shadow is something you can see out in front of a person. But you can't see all of the details. You can't see what it really is. God's true rest His true Sabbath is given in Christ. Real rest is God's gift in Jesus. And so knowing Christ allows you to enjoy the rest of God. And the rest of God is remarkable. And so we jump back to Hebrews chapter 4. The writer there, he explains this rest of God and he says, For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Do you know where the Bible talks about God resting? One event 
right after creation. Right after the, this massive upheaval of the universe as God used his almighty power, he used his, his voice to declare things into being. For six days he created all that we know, all that we experience in this world. And on the seventh day, he rested. God blessed that day. He, he declared it holy and he rested. Why? Was God tired? Had he, had he stretched those, those cosmic muscles too much that, that they needed a time of recovery? Was he wearied out from that entire creative process and his mind just needed a break? And did he actually cease his work? Did, did he stop preserving this world? If God takes his, just his finger back from, from keeping this world intact, I mean, it spins out into chaos. No, God is always continually preserving this world, doing his work. I loved what I read about this day of rest from a pastor named Richard Lowersdorf. He said this. He said, God's rest on the seventh day is the rest that follows finished and holy work. A rest characterized by perfect contentment and infinite satisfaction. It is this rest, this eternal blessedness and total fulfillment that he wants to share with his children. Think about that, that seventh day. As God rested, there was perfect harmony between God and man. Perfect satisfaction and joy in everything that man set his heart to. That's the rest that God offers you. In the rest of God, you are at peace with God. In the rest of God, you enjoy perfect harmony with your God. And when you know that, when you know that you are at peace with your God, that changes the way you live. It changes the way you think. It changes the way that you work it changes what you enjoy, how, how you get satisfaction. It changes what you celebrate. And it changes the way that you rest. Because the rest of God, this incredibly good news, changes how you think. Because you no longer need to make your life this meticulous and manic game of all those questions. You ask yourself those questions. What do I need to do? What, what should I do? What do I need to do in order to please my spouse, to please my boss, to please my kids, to please my dog? 
What do I need to do to, to do all the things that a modern dad or a modern mom is, is supposed to do? All the things that I'm supposed to do to, to take care of my kids, all the things that I read about in the blogs and the, and the vlogs and, and the Instagram feeds that I can't keep up with and, and, and all those activities, like that I need to get my kids to this activity and, and that activity and I fill our weekends because all of the, the, the gurus and the, the pediatricians and the talk show hosts, they say that that's what they need for their development and... and and then also, make sure you, you have dinner on the table and it's got to be healthy, but you also got to have enjoyment and have fun and go out sometimes, and, but keep your budget and maintain that and don't use all your money and, 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 and somewhere in there, rest. And behind all those questions, as you're trying to please this person and that person and you're trying to please yourself, whether you realize it or not, aren't, aren't you trying to please God? Aren't you trying to make yourself somehow worthy of his affection, his love, his gift of eternity? But the rest of God says you don't need to answer all those questions. You have the answer in Christ Jesus. That's God's incredible good news for you today. That he has given you true Sabbath rest. And that's the foundational truth that we need to know so that we can build on it each and every week of this series. That we can, we can build on it and think about the practical things. But we have to start here with this foundation that you have had the good news of peace proclaimed to you. You have had the good news of forgiveness declared to you in Christ Jesus. God has given you rest because Jesus lived the perfect life of total obedience that now God says is yours. Because Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, it cleansed you from every single one of your failures. And you don't have to live with the guilt of them anymore. Because Jesus' resurrection to a new life, it means that you too have a new life. That you too will one day rise. Because of Jesus, God has proclaimed you his own child forever. And so I want you to, to stop and think anew. To think about those beautiful truths of God's word. What's so foundational for us to have rest is to know those truths, but not just to know them, to believe them. To breathe them in and to allow them to affect every fiber of our being and our doing every aspect of our life to trust in God and what he says. And part of this is, of course, we know that we'll experience this in all of its fullness, all of its glory in eternity, in heaven itself. But God also gives you this rest right now.
If you were to open up your Bible or you were to look at this section from Hebrews chapter 4 on your Bible app on your phone and and you just scroll up a little bit or you just look up the page a little bit, do you know what word you would find? Today. And then if if you went up just a, a little bit further, you would find this. You would read, Now we who have believed enter that rest. God gives you his rest right now. And not only will you enter that rest in the future, but you have it right now. Real rest is God's gift. But real rest also requires effort. The author of Hebrews says this, he says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. The rest that we have, it comes from knowing that your eternal destiny is sealed in God, your Heavenly Father, and His promises. And that nothing that you do or don't do can change that. Because nothing that you do or you don't do will change Jesus' death on the cross. Nothing that you do or don't do will change the fact that the stone was rolled away and the tomb was empty because Jesus was alive again. Nothing that you do or don't do will change the fact that he has ascended up into heaven and he is seated at the right hand of God the Father and that he rules all things for your eternal good. Nothing that you do or don't do will change the promises that God has given you of his rest. But those truths, they will be attacked. Sometimes the attacks will come from your own experiences. When you feel weary and and tired and worn out and completely exhausted, Sometimes those attacks will come from the devil when he whispers his lies into your ears and he says that God cannot possibly be in control, that God cannot possibly love you for what you've done. Sometimes those attacks will come from within your own heart and your own mind. As you wonder if you're doing enough, if you're loving enough, if you're generous enough, if you're caring enough, if you're fulfilling everything that you need to fulfill in your life, if you really have God's favor. So make every effort to hold to the promises of God. Make every effort to return again and again to Jesus and his word. Make every effort to enter God's rest. Amen.